Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. Got a few little updates uh, before I bring my guest on. I really want to talk about a little bit, a big bit, about Easter. I hope you had a nice Easter, those who celebrate Easter in our community. Also, it was a, fa- it was a fabulous thing that was happening. This is the first time in 32 years that Ramadan, Passover, and uh, and Easter was on the same week. Uh, and so we had a lot of holiness going on in the world. I know we had a lot of other things going on in the world. But sometimes we just have to kind of focus on what our uplift is. And for me, my uplift is really around spirituality and um and, uh, and and the good news of the gospel, you know, uh, the Christ was arisen. Uh, and uh, th- that's an opportunity for us to be a part of our life, to know that uh, that we can overcome uh, many obstacles in our life and that uh, there's a power greater than us that's in the world. Uh, and uh, for our belief, uh, it's called Christ Jesus. Uh, uh, th- that's always with us. Uh, it's the spirit that's with us at all times. And so um, so I had a nice uh, uh, Easter uh, and um the weather was doing its thing in Seattle. If you live across the country, you might have had better weather. And uh, but uh, it, it was a great day. And it's always a great day when you're alive. And it's always an, a great day because you still have an opportunity to have a, to get some things done and to be a presence, uh, be a positive presence on the planet. And also to do all the good that you can do. I mean, that's what these days are about uh, as we focus on how we can not not only uh and not only be a better persons ourselves, but what can we give to the world? And also, I just wanted to mind, remind the listeners, um, uh, especially mothers' listeners, that the uh, uh, the 2023 Alternative Talk uh, 1150 listener survey uh, uh, is available. And if you put, please go to uh, www.1150kknw.com uh, uh, and fill out the uh, click on the image. Uh, the image uh, there uh, for the 2023 listener survey page. And uh, it's a good chance that you could win a, a, a trip for two uh, to uh, to uh, Victoria, I mean, you know, on the Clipper. So make sure you do that and tell your friends about it. Um, and so uh, I just wanted to bring that in. But also I know that I know that we have a lot of stuff going on in the world. And I'm still waiting on my guest to come on uh, with uh, Gabriel uh, Prawl. He's with A. Philip Randolph Institute. But I know that people are really concerned about what happened in Tennessee. A lot of things are happening in Tennessee and around the world. But what I keep, I don't want to just keep paramount in my world, in my worldview, is that it's a lot of things that's going on, but there's a lot of good stuff. And a lot of times we don't get to hear what's good. I mean, we had a tragic event that happened here last week, uh, uh, two week, a week ago, this past Saturday, with Elijah Lewis uh, being shot uh, uh, at a um, uh, up on Capitol Hill, he was a young man, 23 years old, doing a lot in his community. Actually, did a lot for for a lot of people. He was well known, uh, and uh, at 23 years old, he made a definite impact on our community. Uh, impact that um, uh, that uh, sometimes you don't see that type of impact with that uh, with young people, uh, and a lot of times we do. We just don't know about it, and a lot of them do live to to grow older. Uh, and we've had just a uh, just a lot of sorrow uh, in Seattle uh, in the last few months. D- just a lot of sorrow. And I guess it's Seattle, Seattle's time to have that kind of sorrow. But uh, anyway, we just have to keep moving through, uh, keep supporting the family. Uh, if you go to King County Equity Now, uh, that there's a, a website that uh, you can go to that, that will tell you all the things that, uh, that how the ways you can support the family. Uh, and uh, I think there's a GoFundMe page also. But the brilliant young man. Uh, and actually, he was taking his nephew uh, to uh, an event. 
his nephew had just had a, a birthday uh, and he was not, he is nine years old. He did, uh, he survived the shooting. Uh, the, uh, the suspect uh, is, uh, it has been, you know, he turned himself in, he didn't leave the scene. Um, and uh, it looks like he's been charged with maybe road rage uh, and that type of stuff. So one of the things that we have to continue to know that really we need to calm down. I mean, so much energy in the world right now and so many things going on and so much uh, I, I, opportunity for us not to be focused. <laughs> Lots of opportunity not to be focused. I, and uh, so we have to keep our mind on what's good. And that's hard to do a lot, <laughs> telling you. I mean, I'm not Pollyanna and I don't just, I mean, my head is not in the sand, but I do know that there's a lot of good happening. And if we can keep ourselves focused on the good, then if we want more good in the world, we have to talk about good. We have to call good. We have to, I mean, whatever we call and whatever we speak out in manifestation, whatever we speak, it, it, becomes, a, it becomes a law of our, a law of my word and it is manifested. So I'm encouraging us to speak life and to speak joy and to speak all the things that you want to see in the world. Speak that more because we surely have a lot of things that uh, that we don't want. I mean, it's, it's apparent. It is so apparent uh, everywhere. But again, I got good news. My grandson uh, went on the uh, on the commitment uh, airplane uh, with the uh, Black students uh, going on the uh, HBCU Black college tour. <laughs> I think I don't, it's kind of hard to call him Little Chikundi because he's taller than his father, Chikundi Salisbury. Uh, his name is, uh, you know, so I call him Chikundi Tall. But uh, he was on that, he's on that plane. And um, and if you go to Converge Media, you'll see it uh, there. Uh, and his uncle actually made that video. Converge Media was made by, uh, I mean, a video about the commitment airplane, uh, 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 Alaska Airline uh, was made by his uncle. So he has a double pride. <laughs> he's going on that, on that commitment airplane. Uh, and the video was uh, filmed, by, uh, was made by Converge Media. So that's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good for him. So I, I'll just say I'm real proud of this as a grandma and uh, if it's dad. And, and then my granddaughter came by yesterday to visit me, Acacia, I call Acacia May. <laughs> um, and we have great entertainment, uh, great conversation. She, she's a great conversationalist. She's been talking like, like that ever since she was five years old. So now that she's uh, in her 20s, uh, getting to be late 20s, but uh, I knocking on the door twenty six. Uh, she's really, uh, she's a real great conversationalist, and she has really. Uh, in the past, she has a uh, has hosted my show when I was not available. So uh, anyway, I'm just talking until my guest comes on here, and I'll have to take a break in a few minutes and check that out. But uh, we just I uh, want to keep the uplift going. Uh, oh, he's here. Okay, well then, fine. We're gonna bring on my guest now. His name is uh, uh, Mr. Gabriel Prawl. Don't have as many minutes now, but I'm just going to talk about April to Randolph. I'd have to say, hi, Gabriel. How you doing? Gabriel, hi, are you hi, there? Are you? I'm hi, here. Hi. How are you doing? Oh, okay. You're doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thank you. Well, yeah, I don't have as much time now, but listen, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about uh, let's talk about April Randolph and the party. Uh, and then next week, you're going to come on again, and we're going to have a longer time. But we got about 10 more minutes now to talk about. It. So welcome, welcome. I know you from a long time. Right? So just talk a little bit about about what you do in the world and uh, uh, and this great organization called Eight Fuller Randolph Institute. Thank you, uh, my Harriet. Um, my name is Gabriel Prawl. I'm the president of the Seattle chapter of the Eight Fuller Randolph uh, Institute. And I'm also vice president of ILW Local 52. 
Um, for those who don't know who Randolph is, Randolph, A. Philip Randolph and his friend and fellow activist, Byron Rustin, founded the APRI um, organization back in 1965. And that's the chapters. Right now we have about close, or maybe over 150 chapters nationwide. Um, Randolph and Byron Rustin was um, the chief organizers of the 1963 March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom. And also um, they were instrumental in organizing the passage to the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. And this organization has been, this organization that they built to continue the work, it's been doing a whole lot of good work all over the nation. And here in the Seattle chapter, uh, actually um, it ran birthdays on the 15th, but we do our, our membership meeting on the third Monday every month. And this month is fall on the 17th, so we will be celebrating a. Philip Randolph's birthday on the 17th. And um, we take we want to take this moment not only to celebrate, but to connect with our community, our labor community, uh, African-American community, and also uh, our brothers and sisters from our, every part of um, this city or even state. Because um, we want to um, make people acknowledge that there's a lot of work to do and this organization here doing work and and, um, and we always need people to participate and join us. But one of the things that we're doing, we have a special guest that we invite that's traveling all the way from North Carolina to Seattle to join us to celebrate A. Philip Randolph's uh, birthday with us. And her name is Danielle Brown. She's one of the uh, chief organizers back in the South, in uh, right. North Carolina. She was instrumental to in um, mobilizing members of APRI up in Georgia while there was um, um, all the election campaign that was going on when we was trying to get um, the right people in office um, versus um, yeah, all the attack that people have been still receiving in, in Georgia today and even in Tennessee, as we see that what, what happened not too long ago with the um, three um, elected official, and they decided to um, expel two. This is what the APRI do, is inform the people on what's going on so to make sure that you can make the right decision and, and getting the right person in office to do the right thing for the people, for the voters, and for humanity itself. You know, APRI right. has been instrumental in hosting Charles Roland African American Legislative Day almost 19 years in a row. And um, this is, and, and what we do, we bring bring elected official governor, his, his um, department's head, legislator and, and um, senators in one room to communicate with the voters and the constituents into um, sharing the information on the work that they're doing and also um, answering questions from, from uh, constituency group or, or even, um, their own constituents that vote for them in office. Okay, um, you know, so go ahead, mother. I don't, I don't no, 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 no. I mean, I was just going to say that, that, you know, I've gone to a few of the Aces uh, birthday parties uh, over over the years, and uh, it's always delightful. You always meet good people, and you get, sometimes you get new people. Because anyone that's in, you know, or any person that this, uh, uh, especially African-Americans, but other people, uh, uh, who, who worked on a union, actually, who's a union person, can actually become a member 
I, I, uh, Faithful of Adnolf Institute and then come in and see how they can help make their community better. Uh, and, and at one time, I think we had a little bit more chapters in the state. I think it's chapter down in Tacoma. Is that chapter still going? That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Okay, yeah. So, but so what APR, we, we like a family and we support right. our work with our family, whether um, yeah. um, in another yeah. state or whether locally. So that's, right. just, that's the thing I, I love about APRI. And when uh, we have our co national conference coming up in um, August um, 9 to the 13 in, in, in Reno, and, and there's a good opportunity for people to really meet APRI members from all around the nation if they're interested in, in going. Well, yeah, I've gone to two of them. I went to one when it was in Oakland or San Francisco, I believe, that time. And then I went to one when it was in Jacksonville, Florida. And I tell you, if you're a member of a union and you are, you know, an affiliate and you want to do work uh, uh, in the community, A. Philip Randolph Institute is a great place to, a great place to, to come. I mean, um, and um, I've enjoyed being a, a member there. Um, I'm not a union worker. I've never been a union worker for many, many years, but I own my own business. And I'm and I like I like the I like the uh, the uh, I like what it stands for. I'm also in, empowered by people who come from Florida, that has made the world so much better. I mean, Ethel Randolph was born in Florida, and so I keep I have a, a record of all the people who came out of Florida <laughs> that did such good things in the world. And uh, Ace is one of those was one of those people, uh, one of those persons who's done a great job. So, uh, so I'm I'm just really uh, and then I. I'm just really glad to, to, I'm just really proud of being a member of the uh, Randolph Institute. And, um, and I just want to just want to congratulate you on the work that you all been doing. And I can remember the work you're doing, you did around Katrina. I mean, um, and all of these places, all these places where things was going on in the, in, in the country that all the work that the A. Philip Randolph Institute did, the APRI did too, to get resources to the people that are in the other, and some of the other, uh, other other places uh, that that was having uh, you know tragedies and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's 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 the um work that we should be doing. That's the work that A Philip Randolph inspire people to do because um as I as a person in and um and a representative of uh, A Philip Randolph, you are responsible to do the things that are gonna make us have a better world to live in. You know, and I, and I and I show um, proud to be part of A. Philip Randall because it changed my life and my thinking um, and the work that needs to be done. But not only that, is that um, I have the responsibility as a person in doing the work that we do, uh, which include um, our com our economic justice for our community. It also includes um, connecting our, our community into labor or unions. It also include uh, education, educating our community and the participation and, and the political system and process. So, and even getting people out to vote to make sure that um, right. we get elected people that's gonna do the work. Right, yeah. Well, you wanna announce again about what the, the party date for the party uh, uh, before, before, we, before we're done? So it's gonna be April 17th at 6 p.m. at the Labor Temple. That's on 5030 First Avenue South, Seattle, Washington, 98134. That's, um, again, 5030 First Avenue South, Seattle, Washington, 98134. And what time is it gonna be? 
At 6 p.m. At 6 to 8 p.m. 6 to 8 p.m. Okay, well, uh, this is really good. So I appreciate you coming on. And also for the members who might who might miss the show today, they can listen to our podcast on 11.50 a.m. Picking in NW. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a podcast for Mother's Just a Show. So anyway, I look forward to talking to you again next week because I want you to come back in to talk about it and, uh, and give some more updates. Hey, thank you very much for inviting me. All right, you're welcome. You listen to the Mothers Just to Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Rem Walden. We're taking a break. We'll be right back. The Mothers Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at virtueshealing.com. That's virtueshealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at virtueshealing.com today. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. And I just, I'm so excited about my next guest. And before I bring her on, I want to remind the listeners about the survey. Uh, it's the annual survey. It's going on from March 27th to April 23rd. Uh, and it's on 1150. And it's uh, you can go to online at www.1150kknw.com and click on the uh, image of the 2023 listener survey. And uh, you have a chance uh, after you do that, that's going to be, uh, you know, you have a chance to, a bonus for filling that out uh, is a, a, a round trip, a, a chance to win a round trip uh, a ticket. Uh, passes for two on a Victoria Clipper, uh, uh, plus $100 in gift certificate. So to the famous David Dave's restaurant. So click it on. So go and do that. I really appreciate you. Appreciate all my our listeners uh, and supporters. I want to bring Miss Stephanie Johnson on now. She's my guest uh, for the rest of the time. Hi, Miss. Uh, hi, Miss. Uh, uh, Mrs. Johnson, uh, how are you doing? Um, and I'm um, so glad, good to have you on uh, my show. Uh, it's, it's so exciting uh, what you bring. Uh, you know, I'm director of the Black Heritage President there of the Black Heritage Society of Washington, and I'm such a history buff. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I we just, both I mean, are. It, you know, it's my Bible. I mean, history, and I don't do pop culture because it it, uh, it it stops you from connecting the dots and that's what's necessary so welcome to why uh, to it uh, uh it's a little different from converge media you've been on that that, that you're mainstay mm-hmm. there but <laughs> but i'm excited to be here with you today Reverend. Uh, yeah really well, yeah yeah well welcome welcome so much so welcome to you and uh, i really appreciate you saying yes uh, to coming on and um i know we just have a, a just a lot to talk about uh, i i'm really interested in how you got that uh, number one how you got so in, interested in history. <laughs> I know. Well, see, I, as a kid, like probably any other kid, um, you know, young kid, I didn't have a lot of interest in history because I felt like it was so stale and you'd sit around in class and 
they tell you about all these old white, you know, pioneers and and people of uh, what they did or what they um, were accomplishing. But I never heard anything about myself or about black people, you know. So I really didn't have that huge interest until later in my life. Um, some of it did come early as I tried to hang around the living room um, at my grandparents' house and listen to, you know, what was going on there um, as they talked about, um, you know, everyday uh, life and situations in Seattle, but also, you know, nationally, what was going on um, as I was growing up in the late uh, 50s and 60s, I'll date mm -hmm. myself. Right. So that's, you know, sparked some interest for me early, but um, not until later in my life when I really started pursuing um, some interests and curiosities on my own. Right. Were you born here in Seattle? Yes. I'm a fourth generation Seattleite. Oh, so, oh my goodness. Yeah. I oh, know. I, that's pretty cool. I know. My, it was uh, my great grandparents on both sides of my mother's family. So her her mother and her father, their parents came um, to Seattle. Oh, it was uh, early 1900s, so as early as 1913, they were here. Wow. And, uh, you know, of course, the situation being a lot different than, of course, what we see today or even what they saw right. um, 20 to 30 years beyond when they first arrived. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, I can imagine what the 1913. <laughs> you almost yeah. as old as the uh, NAACP. I think it started. I mean, yeah. it's over 100. Yeah. Right, you're right. See, I never thought about it that way. But, yeah. But yes, you're right because um, my grandparents, um, Lita and Henry Gordon, um, my grandmother's uh, parents, um, lived. Um, South, very far south um, on Beacon Hill. So past, you know, where the um, old um, Zion Prep. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So in that area is where they settled. And it was all woods. And, um, you know, they had a small farm. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting going there. Um, even in the late 50s when I would go, they still didn't have all the amenities, you well, know, that most people had, um, you know, was uh, lights, their lighting was very limited. I remember that. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a journey for me. Wow. And uh, what kind of employment were they able to get in the, in the early 1900s? Well, my grandmother, um, on both sides, both of them were, were homekeepers, you know, they were housekeepers, they, mm -hmm. um, for at home and then outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And uh, my my grandfather um, found work, um, miscellaneous kind of construction, carpentry, um, other forms of, you know, day work, that sort of right. thing. Wow, wow. So they were able to make to to uh, eat, uh, to make a living and to stay here. I mean, well, to stay here, you know, I mean, it probably wasn't a lot of. Um, a lot of opportunity for the Negroes in those days. I mean, uh, you know, oh, I mean, no. West, right. Yeah, no, but you know where they found um, a lot of joy and uh, reception was in the church. Yes. Because the churches, 
the churches were the places where the yes, pubs, yes, right? Yes, 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 where yes, yes, yes. Black mm-hmm. people, when they came to Seattle, that's they where looked, they went they and they for were the black embraced church. by mm-hmm. the church. Yes. Yes, it is so different today. I mean, I, my community, I grew up in Goldsboro, which is uh, was one of the first oh. oldest black townships in, uh, in, in, in America. That was, uh, it was 1902 that it was uh, settled and uh, they had sort of disbanded when I came along, but it was still a cohesive community and the church was mm-hmm. so near and dear to our hearts. So uh, anyway, I just wanted to also ask you, did you have a nice Easter? Oh, I did. You know, um, what's been really interesting for me, though, personally, is um, through this last year, I, I lost my mother, who was the matriarch of our family oh, bless you, uh, last, last summer. So, you know, our tradition has um, taken kind of a new slant just a bit right. to it. So um, we did get out the ham, the glazed ham, <laughs> and, you know, and did our thing. but. Um, yeah, so missing mom on her throne, but knowing that she's watching over us. So. Oh yeah, right. and how many siblings did you have? You have. I just have. I just have one sister. One sister. Okay. I have okay. one sister, um, Denise, who um, is very active at First AME Church with her husband Bobby Brown, and they um, have been members at First AME for uh, a number of years. So yeah, just my sister and I. Wow, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, I thank you for that uh, background piece. Uh, did you go to Garfield? Oh, I'm a Cleveland Eagle. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> a Cleveland. But, where are, where are, oh, Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. Okay. <laughs> but my heart always was, was in Garfield, right? Because my, my uh, most of my family lived in the Central District. My cousins and... Um, my grandparents lived in the Central District, so I hung out in the Central District a lot, had many friends at Garfield, and would try and be at Garfield as much as I could, right, to hang out with with my <laughs> friends and, and cousins. So, yeah. so, so you knew, you were growing up when the Central area had a lot of businesses and those type of things, too, right? I mean, because, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, there was a lot uh, of, well, there were businesses that were still around in the 50s and 60s, but what was really the high point um, and hub of Black business was the late 20s, 30s, and 40s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a really fabulous little book that's written by one of the Black Heritage Society co-founders, uh, Jackie Lawson, um, that's called Let's Take a Walk. Okay. And in that booklet, um, it takes you all the way down the Madison, up and down the Madison corridor, but also a little north and south of it to talk about all of the businesses that were there and the people who ran them. Wow. And I I am really excited, too, to say that um, Seattle Public Library entered into an agreement with uh, Jackie's family, Jackie passed away a couple of years ago, um, but made an arrangement with her family, with BHS being um, a liaison between them to digitize the booklet. So now you can go online to the Seattle Public Library and see that that map and that path and um, the book. You don't even need to have a library card to to look at it. 
So it's called Let's Take a Walk. Let's Take a Walk. Yeah, I have to do that. I have to do that. And so you grew up and uh, you got interested in Black history and then uh, then you found your way to the Black Heritage Society. Is that right? Yeah, I, I found my way. Um, interest in history, you know, took an uh, interesting path um, as I was encouraged. Um, I left when I left high school, I graduated high school, Cleveland. I went to Whitman College and I was at Whitman in Walla Walla for my first year. And it was really difficult there being in Eastern Washington and only one of three black women on the entire campus. Right, I can imagine. And everything was happening at the University of Washington at that time. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so I made my way back to the U and I worked in the Office of Minority Affairs with Larry Gossett. And, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Bill Hilliard was there and Sam Kelly. And um, just, it was a beautiful place to be at that time when um, there was heavy recruitment of black students. Yes. And encouraging black students. Um, so there was a lot of activity. My my interest grew and grew and grew more around history. Um, I eventually, uh, through several paths of working in interpretive uh, programs and public programs at museums, found my way to lead at the Black Heritage Society, though I had been a member there for a number of years, but mm -hmm. just began leading there five years ago. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm, I'm sure you had lots of uh, uh, contact and experience with that. one of my dear friends, uh, Esther Mumford. <laughs> uh, Esther is like the rock that I swim to, right? Uh -huh. Esther, I stand on Esther's shoulders. Esther, um, I would probably talk to her every day if she would talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I am such a I am such a history nerd and I look up to Esther so much and um I don't live far from her mm -hmm. either. So um Esther was uh with Jackie co-founders at the Black Heritage Society, but there were a number of founding members too in the community at that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that in, yeah included a number of uh, people, the Yarbroughs, which oh the Yarbroughs, uh, okay, uh -huh. the Yarbroughs, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, Fletcher. Um, I think we oh, photographed Fletcher. them. Mm -hmm. I think I think Salisbury photography photographed the Yarbroughs. I believe I got a bag of negatives with the Yarbrough name on it. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? Oh gosh, Reverend, that'd be beautiful to see yeah. those because yeah. um, there is one photograph that's in a little booklet that Esther wrote. Um, after the first 10 years of being founded, and there were images that were taken by your studio in that Right, mm -hmm. that's right, mm -hmm. yes. So yes, yes. Uh, it was a really beautiful photo of uh, Esther with the Cravens, Ethel right. Craven. Oh yes, with the Cravens, that's right, that's right. With that's the right. We photographed them also, the Cravens, right. right. We and went over the, the McAdoo's, Ben mm -hmm. McAdoo and, and his wife, Velma. Right. And it's a really great photo. I, I love it. It's one of my favorites. And <laughs> so Esther right. is an um, amazing historian. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I wish I could be just half as good as Esther. I mean, I talked to Esther yesterday. Esther was one of the first persons I met when I came to Seattle in 1975. I met her and a lady named Margaret Rita Delgado. And uh, 
Oh. Uh, and that, yes, so, and so, uh, so we've been friends uh, for, for a long, long time. Uh, and so I, I, I actually asked to call me yesterday <laughs> about something. We had a brief conversation. <laughs> oh, well, I, yeah. yeah, I love talking to her too. That would be wonderful if the three of us could get together. And oh, yes, it would be. Yes, yes, yes. I collect the uh, uh, New York Times magazines a little, a little pull out, and uh, I don't take the paper uh, anymore. But she had yeah. some for me, but I wasn't able to get. Them. I said, "Well, I'll have to release those. As I can't keep them all. You know how we historians are." We <laughs> We like I it. know. I am I am so terrible, you know, like that too. I yeah. I go down that rabbit hole. I start looking for one thing. Yes. And then the next thing I know, I'm like I'm doing 10 yeah. places yeah. ahead of myself. <laughs> so I am Yeah, yeah. But it's people like you and uh uh and Nestor and the Black Heritage Society keep our history alive because we uh where we are in America today, um we're going to need our history uh, down the line. I mean, because yeah. uh, things are rapidly changing for us in America. And I don't think that we are uh, tuned so much to it uh, uh, because we kind of thought that Washington state might be a little, uh, might be a little immune, but uh, people are fastly moving in here, uh, 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 fastly moving in here and the landscape is, uh, it's changing. Uh, and so I think people are going to have to re recognize where they are. They still in America. <laughs> Well, and who better to tell it than we tell our own story? That's right. right? That's right. And that's don't right. leave leave it up to other folks to tell our story. That's right. That's right. And that's right. so that's right. that is one of the um, important pieces and priorities at BHS is that we maintain and we preserve this collection of right. oral histories, but also uh, memorabilia and photographs. Yeah. Right. And right. Yes, yes. And I, I think I spoke to you about Salisbury photography photo, uh, photos that we have. I mean, I'll, I'll, I have the negatives, but there are some things that I'm going to show you and see if you might be interested in those uh, 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 photographs, uh, portraits. I mean, actually, they, they portrait size uh, 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 that, that we had at the mm -hmm. studio when we were uh, in, in, in business many, many years ago. So uh, oh, oh, I'm yes. sure we would, because, yeah. you know, anything that comes to us is in perpetuity. That yes. means forever. Yes, so exactly. I hope beyond us, right? Yes. Yes, that's right. That, that's really that's really a good. So uh, we'll take a break right now and come back and talk a little bit about Marcus Garvey. How is that? All right. Yes, <laughs> that's one of my favorite too. All right, you listen okay. to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM. KKNW, I'm your host. We'll be right back. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at virtueshealing.com. That's virtueshealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at virtueshealing.com today. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I want to remind my listeners that I'm 
there's a survey going on, a listener survey going on now for 11.50 a.m. KKNW. And uh, from March 27th to April 23rd, uh, please go to www.1150kknw.com and, and click on the image for the 2023 listener survey. Uh, and uh, just give some feedback to the station. Uh, and then also you will have a chance to win uh, passage for two um, the Victoria Clipper uh, to, Vic, uh, to Victoria at plus $100 a gift certificate, gift certificate to a famous Dave restaurant. Uh, also, I just want to uh, remind all my guests and listeners that, um, that uh, well, this, uh, this program is available on a podcast also if you missed the show or if you know somebody else that you know, didn't, didn't get a chance to listen. So that those are two announcements. Uh, Miss Ste- Stephanie, I want to talk to you a little bit here about my favorite person, Marcus Garvey. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. Well, I, yes, I I do want to hear more from you um, about that. And um, I know just enough to get me in trouble um, <laughs> with the history of, of Marcus Garvey um, and here in Seattle, you know, um, he he was here in 1919 and then came back again That's for right. a visit in 1924. And uh, so there is some recorded history of him being here in Seattle and uh, also the Black Cross nurses who were a very important auxiliary. Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, I I was uh, sitting up here before the uh, before this 23rd change so much at the old post office. And that's when African Town had their first uh, gathering again. And all these people was there and they had this all this food and. And it was like a big uh, potluck and a big thing. And this lady just came up and sat by me and she started talking. And then she went to Marcus Garvey. And I said, well, you know, I do, we, we host the Marcus Garvey Book Club. And it started out as a Central Area Book Club. And we've been doing it now since 2007 or eight. I mean, it's been a long oh, time. Okay. And she says, my mother gave uh, 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 flowers to uh, Marcus Garvey. Uh, and uh, her name, I believe, is Catherine Wilkinson. Uh, Wilkins, uh, and I'll get her information. And she has two other, three other sisters, and and um, and she said that her mother, all of their lives, she talked about the flowers. She talked about Marcus Garvey all their lives. That's how they knew about Marcus Garvey because they weren't born then. <laughs> right. Well. <laughs> well, you know, again, um, with Esther, Esther did a really fabulous. Um, she was part of an oral history project um, in the late uh, or mid 1970s, and then. Um, where she started gathering oral histories for a centennial project here in Washington state. Right. And she eventually made her way to an interview with Juanita Proctor. And I'm wondering if that is Catherine's mother, because Juanita tells this story to um, uh, Esther that when she was about 12 years old, she met um, Marcus Garvey. They went to Union Station and um, she was asked to hand the flowers to Marcus Garvey. And she remembers, uh, remembers it really well because she thought from the pictures that she saw of him that he was this really tall and commanding person. And right, she said right. at 12 years old, he was about the same height as her. And she, <laughs> she goes on to say that they, um, they went to Washington Hall That's and right. he delivered okay. He delivered a speech at Washington Hall. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And um, 
but the Black Cross nurses, though, had almost 100 uh, nurses here in Seattle. Wow. Or, or a group of auxiliary, mm-hmm. an auxiliary. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't, um, you know, certified nurses, but they received training in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right, which was, they were Black Cross, but Red Cross, you know, same. Right, right, that's right. <laughs> and you they know. were locked out of going to UW to become a nurse oh. in those days. <laughs> uh, you yeah, know, they, came, they they had come to Jesus move uh, uh, afterwards, but <laughs> people didn't go there. So, uh, so yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. So <laughs> there was um, they were very important though in the community mm-hmm. in terms of um, visiting homes and children and um, wow, tending to the well being and care. Wow, um, so so you no know, hygiene in homes and. Uh, the other thing Juanita talked about in this really beautiful interview is uh, she enjoyed the parades because they used to, the Garveyites used to parade, you know, and she remembers clearly the 4th of July and um, there was one other holiday she named where they would march through downtown Seattle. And there came a time though, when there was a little bit of contention between them and the NAACP, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. The NAACP, yeah, yeah they had some dealings after a while. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so one year when they went to apply for their permit to march, um, the NAACP, uh, you know, said to the city of Seattle, they didn't think it was a good idea. <laughs> um, just really interesting history. And you mentioned earlier how uh, when you and I were just talking about, um, you know, how we we leaned into or didn't lean in to support some of the folks in our community, our own community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was political or, you know, uh, personal, uh, whatever it was. Well, but also, uh, Garvey, um, you know, he was such a great orator that he could out talk anybody. Uh, but also he was a, he was a Jamaican and uh, uh, and then all the other people that was organizing uh, was born in America and so he had that uh, that piece going on but they also had class and colorism going on see I mean yeah. uh, that's mm. it was a lot it was colorism that was going on also uh, and um, and uh, but but uh, you know he, what I like about Garvey was his boldness and determination uh, and he had a plan. But he had a plan that was necessary for us to do for self uh, yes. and not depend on other people to help us. Uh, and all the other groups I was funded and, and, and always had other people helping us, helping. And that's still true for today. But, um, but the one thing that Garvey wanted to empower Black people that, you know, up you might erase, accomplish what you can. I mean, really, I mean, people who, you know, I mean, we, we built all kinds of civilizations and all kinds of things before. It's just remembering that we can do this because when you've been taught for so long that you're not capable and you just this out of the other, then you have to be awake. You have to be awakened. And uh, Garvey was part of that awakening uh, and did not care if it fitted within the status quo. <laughs> I agree. It was about understanding our self-worth. That's right. And that's what our self-worth, our esteem, our appreciation for one another and for what we've built and, and empowering one another, right? Right, right. And right. Uh, I, I read something too, again, back to Juanita, is that she said that her father, her mother and father were um, 
you know, uh, very dedicated supporters of Marcus Garvey. Right, right, and right, the, right. The, what was instilled in them was um, don't be afraid of the word black. That's right. That's right. Don't you be know. afraid of the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah she remembers yeah. her father saying, well, white people don't have any problem saying white people. Why should we have a problem <laughs> saying black people? Black people. Uh, wow. But, you know, one time, I mean, that, that, was a, that was a large following of Garveyites here in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle at one time. I mean, I, I, mm -hmm. I, and I got some coins that the, that, uh, that the chiropractor uh, Richard Haynes had, had given me. Uh, and when we usually do our Marcus Garvey birthday party, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're not coins that just, just uh, in use right now. Mm -hmm. But most people have never seen black people own money. And right. then when you give them a coin, I mean, because my son Omar used to have money once he had money because he was in East Africa. So he had, he had, he had currency with black people on it. But um, most of us who've never traveled outside of the country and traveled to an all black country, you've never yeah. seen black people on currency at all. And just to see that, I see the kids' face look up. Look at uh, the difference on their face when they see a black man on a quarter. <laughs> that would yeah. be that would be you know uh, would be equal to a quarter. It's not it, it's not uh, in uh, in use no more in Jamaica. But the one thing that uh, that all the people that I've met about Garvey, I mean, who knew Garvey? Oh, I mean, I don't know anybody who knew him personally at this day and age. But uh, yeah. but also just the uh, just what he kept going. Uh, and uh, and the a young guy, a person that was there uh, in his uh, in his teaching was Honorable Lodge Muhammad, uh, uh, and uh, a lot of this, a lot of the things that um, that Garvey taught wound up in the Nation of Islam. Do for yeah, self, it, the newspaper. I mean, all of those kinds of things. I mean, they one time had a school in Chicago. I mean, uh, uh, and uh, and uh, and Garvey said you must have uh, images that look like you. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and yeah. and again, it was about, um, you know, doing for ourselves, That's finding, right. Right. you know, uh, that the pride in right. our own self-worth. And right. Um, so right. I think that that today. Right. We right. We, too, are revisiting right. all of that. I mean, all of that, uh, all of that. And yeah. the young people today, I'm so excited about. Yes hearing them and their voices. Oh yes. And 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 almost demanding back to the streets to right. demand that, you know, right. respect. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, because um, you know, what 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 we what we don't understand is that at the turn of the last century, uh, uh, you we had black people had more skills than anybody in America. Because we had built the South, we had built the country, you know, you, you mm -hmm. I mean, black people. And then at the turn of this century, we had less skills than most people. It's that technology, right? Yeah, that's right. That's that right. we that's weren't right. invited to the table on no, that. No, we wasn't. And they didn't need us to build that. But we built, we built, we built, we, we were the laborers. I mean, uh, we, we had all the skills to build, to build buildings and to build, uh, to build things uh, uh, that, but we were locked out of that other piece. And so that's the one reason why we, we were behind. But, but when we came into the 1900s, mm -hmm. uh, you know, black people had skills coming oh, out of, coming, yeah. out, coming out of bondage, I mean, coming out of slavery, you know, we had skills. I mean, our ancestors had skills because they built their own houses. Right. <laughs> well, and, and then, well, yeah, here in Seattle too, uh, even though we didn't have licensed architects and builders at that time, they were architects and they were builders and they were contractors. Right. You know, right. even though they didn't have that paper. Right. To say that's that. Right. That's right. They that's were right. building and constructing mm -hmm. homes and other right. um, 
other businesses. So, right. um, you know, I right. think that uh, there'll be a chance to talk about some of that even um, Wednesday night or the Black okay. Architects uh, oh. here in Seattle will be at the Museum of History and Industry. Oh, my in goodness. Pub free public program. Okay. Um, it's in the evening. It's at seven. I wish okay. it were a little earlier in the day mm. um, or on a weekend, but um, uh, Rico Corndongo with, uh, oh, I think Donald K. Vivian Phillips will be moderating. Oh, good. And uh, well, to good. talk about, you know, Black architects here and right. their vision right. and right. how they see Right, you know, right, right. And I know Black Architects has something to do. I mean, has some design uh, in the African, uh, Africa, uh, the Liberty Bank building. I mean, uh, in the inside, oh. and they, they worked on that. And also, I think they're working on the next uh, building that uh, Africa Town is putting up on Union C. Yeah, yeah, the artist, the artist uh, work within the buildings is really beautiful mm -hmm. work. Right. And um, the Black architects did. You're right. They came together in a community conversation around right. the Africatown, um, right. you know, the uh, affordable living right. there on spring, on 23rd right. and spring. That's right. Mm -hmm. Lori Wilson. That's right. Yeah. Lori, yes. I, I went to a meeting with some of those people that, that they were collaborating about what they wanted to see and stuff like that. And they asked the community to come. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, she'll be there Wednesday evening. Oh, well. Lori. Well, that's really mm -hmm. cool. You know, so. Mm -hmm. uh, Wow. Well, I tell you, I just love history and I, I'm just so I excited to, to talk to people. I mean, because I just think that um, if we understood the power of Blackness that has gotten us through, uh, the power that our ancestors had to, to live uh, uh, and the power that they, they were determined to live on, on so and through, through such degradation that we could be here and now to, to be here in this time. I mean, I'm just so inspired by that. And it's like, wow, we just, if we, if we could teach our children I grew up singing, I lift every voice and sing every day in my life. And oh, so, and I never had a, all my teachers was black, but if we could just teach our children the basic things before they leave the house, you know, just who they are, where they, where they come from. I mean, the, the good work that we've done, because there's no shame on us. The shame is on the people who stole us and we've, we've been carrying the shame, but it's not our shame. Right. It's and, shame. Uh, you know, I always looked around, even in grade school. I went to Van Assel Elementary. My grandmother went to Van Assel <laughs> on Beacon Hill. And um, I always looked around um, to see who was in the room with me, teachers. Um, I didn't have a Black teacher here in Seattle Public Schools until I was in junior high. I probably was maybe eighth grade before I even had my first Black teacher. Wow. Wow, wow. Oh. And that, that shapes it. That does something to you, you know. And then yes, when you get in the room with black people, then you get to feel comfort and, and this kind of stuff. But you know, I'm right. so glad you I'm so glad you was on my show today. And I, yes. I hope to have you on again and I, I'll get yes. with you about the what the what the portraits that I have that you might be keeping in for uh, put, uh, give to the uh, to the black heritage society. So I'd be oh. willing to I want you to look at those, okay? Okay, I can't wait. We have a lot to talk about. Oh, we do. We have a lot <laughs> to talk about. Well, I want to thank you for coming on our Mother's sure. Justice Show, and I, I'll be talking to you later. You've been listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 11.50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Mm -hmm.